Welcome to the Consciouspreneur Podcast, where we discuss and apply the principles of mindset, leadership, and business building strategies that align with our purpose, honor the people we work with, and generate a sustainable profit. Welcome everyone to another episode of The Consciouspreneur. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross, and today we're speaking with Denise Prawl. Denise works with business owners and sales professionals to attract referrals that are ready to buy. After 22 years as an entrepreneur, she's developed a system that consistently brings qualified referrals through your door called the Roadmap to Unlimited Referrals. Denise, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me, Mary. It's a pleasure. Yes, this is going to be fantastic. Um, you know, we I think when you look at data that says what are the biggest challenges that uh, entrepreneurs have, finding um, clients, lead generation is almost always the number one challenge. And I don't think that uh, the pandemic has done us any favors in that regard. So while we may or may not have more challenges, it's always been a challenge. So it's exciting to be speaking with you. Um, it sounds like you have found some uh, magic formula here that will help <laughs> us attract those um, ideal clients. But before we get into that, I want to know about you. So tell us a little story, a bit of a story about who you are as an entrepreneur and what was that road like for you to get to this space? Uh, well, about uh, now my business is, uh, my first business I started will be 25 years old as of next month, actually. Congratulations. And thank you very much. It's been quite a journey. Uh, so I really got into being an entrepreneur because I was working with um, several companies over time to help them start a property tax consulting business. So I started, I got hired in to help somebody who had one already. Then I got recruited away to help somebody else start one. Then I got recruited away to help somebody else start one. And then after five years of working with that last boss, he decided he made all the money he wanted to make. He wanted to go on and do something else. And he handed me our top three or four clients. And he said, you go start a business and stop helping other people make money. You go make money. Really? And yes. Yeah, so he, he kind of pushed me into business. Yeah. And the timing was really good. Um, it was, uh, so I'm going to give away my age here, but um, I was 40. My youngest child had just graduated from high school. And I thought, well, I'm only responsible for feeding myself now. Uh, I'm not legally responsible for anybody else anymore. So uh, why not? Right, you know, right. why not? I'll just give it a try. So that's how I got started. Um, a little bit reluctantly, he pushed me into it a little bit, but I sure I'm grateful that he did. That is amazing. I, I love it when peop those people that see something in, in us right, come up in our stories. Because I am just convinced that there's there's such value in having someone outside of us see something in us, believe in us, before we're a ready or able to see or believe in ourselves. Yes, he was an amazing mentor to me in a lot of different ways. I, I could not be more grateful to all of the growth opportunities he gave me while I worked with him. And then he just pushed me out of my comfort zone to start my own business and become an entrepreneur. So very, very grateful to him. Okay. So you start this business with these three or four names? Is that how it starts? 
three or four clients, yeah, that we'd already been working with. He transitioned them over to me, yeah. Okay. So then what do you do? You have three or four clients that at least are going to get started. You've got that in, the income coming in, but right. um, you know there is a life uh, expectancy for clients. I don't know how long you tend to work with clients, but we know they don't last, they don't stay with us forever, nor should they. I'm not advocating that they should. But how did you find your next clients? Well, uh, fortunately, I got about a year in when um, I had that realization myself. It's like, wow, <laughs> if right. these clients leave, I'm in big trouble. So uh, the realization was, oh my gosh, I'm just not a person who does property taxes anymore. I'm a salesperson. Yes. I have to sell and market this business or I'm going to be in trouble in a year or two. So I had the realization about a year in and was trying to figure out what to do. How was I going to do that? So again, if you think back 25 years ago, the first thing people said was get a Yellow Pages ad, which was very expensive and not a good way to market my business. And then they said uh, do a direct mail campaign, but I didn't have a list to mail to. And then the third thing was, well, then you need to cold call. And I was like, oh. Oh, I didn't want to be a salesperson at all, much less cold call people. So I was really struggling with trying to figure out how to market and get new clients. And then I ran across, somebody invited me to a BNI meeting, which is Business Network International. And I was like, wait a minute, there's referrals and networking that I can do. And that was pretty new back then, really, where we were having those conversations, especially around networking, but also around referrals. And so I was like, well, I think referrals is the way I want to do it. That seems like the best fit for me and my business. So that's when I started to really start researching referrals and how to get referrals. And again, there wasn't much out there, but I was watching other people who were successfully getting referrals and, and trying to mimic some of the things that they did so that I could get really good at bringing referrals into my business. Because if that's the way I was going to grow my business and that's what I was going to depend on, I figured I had to get really, really good at it. Right. So did you just kind of like look at these other three options, the the um, yellow pages, uh, the direct mail and cold calling and just try them? Or did you say, no, those aren't for me? I, I, I pretty immediately said, no, they're not for okay. me. Okay. <laughs> good. Excellent. Okay. So you you knew those weren't going to work for you. And so you needed to come up with a way that did work for you. And now you're noticing networking and referrals as another possibility. Okay. Okay. And you know, I feel more fortunate than a lot of business people because even today I watch the advice that startup businesses get and it, it makes me sad, to be honest. It makes me really sad because they tell them to go out and start networking and passing out a lot of business cards and they go join a lot of organizations and they buy into a lot of advertising opportunities and and then they're out a lot of money and they don't usually have a lot of business on the other side. It makes me so sad to see the advice that startup businesses get right now. So um, I don't know. Intrinsically, I knew that those three things weren't the right thing for me to do. Um, but but it makes me sad with the advice that still to this day business owners get that just take them down a rabbit hole that just doesn't lead to anything. Well, I, I appreciate you bringing that up, right? The contrast between what works for you and what uh, business owners even today are still being taught to do. Because, you know, we're talking to the conscious entrepreneur here, 
right? And one of the uh, things that I first noticed with my clients before I even knew that conscious entrepreneurship was a thing is that, you know, they were being told to do the cold calling. And basically, there were no other options. And so you either do it or you're a terrible business owner. And, you, you know, so they were often made wrong for not wanting to do it. And when we dug under, well, what is it about a call that you don't want to make is, A, they didn't have a script that um, gave them an opportunity to give, right? The script was, do you or anyone you know have a, a real estate need? I was working with real estate agents at the time, right? And, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and I would say to them, like, if you called and asked me that, I'm probably just going to hang up on you. I, I did telemarketing for a short period of time in college and I had to get three no's before I could hang up on somebody. And so I just learned now that if my answer is no, I'm just going to hang up right away. I'm going to save them the trouble of having to get to the three no's. So that's on the receiving end. But on their end, that question just felt like they were asking for, right? Give me something without giving anything back. And, and what I now know about the conscious entrepreneurs, they're passion-driven, they're purpose-driven. They want to make the world a better place for others. And most often they're doing this through their business. And so that call, that connection needs to be really relational-based and about offering value um, rather than asking for business necessarily. Yes. How can I help you? What problem do I solve? For yes. You. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's a very starting point, I think, to any type of sales and marketing plan is how can I help you? Yes. Yes. So, okay, so let's let's talk to um, whether we're a new startup or we're five years into this or 10 years into this and we still don't have that system that brings us consistent um, business. So talk to me mm -hmm. about if you were teaching a, a new B, what would you teach them? Uh, well, the very first thing, so an offspring, whiteboard learning came from me creating a referral generating system for my property tax business Okay. with a lot of trial and error and trial and error. So I have a system that I've created that worked amazingly well for my business, but now I share it with other people. And the first thing that I tell them is you have to know who you want to sell to and the problem you solve for them. And I just find people, they're just going all over the place with anybody, everybody, anybody, everybody. And they get very nervous about narrowing down to a target market. But it's like, it's like a general practitioner doctor makes a certain amount of money, but the shoulder specialist makes a lot of money. So when you become a specialist and you become known for something and you have a very solid solution to a problem... It's just hard for people not to do business with you. So that would be my starting point with everyone I work with is let's really talk about who you really want to work with and the problem you solve for them. And let's get you known for that. Let's, that's where you're going to be able to bring the business through the door. Lovely. You know, and this, uh, I think I mentioned this uh, or refer to this conversation several times, but early on in my podcasting experience here, I spoke with Dahlia, and I'm not going to be able to say her last name, but she was a social media marketer. And I, what I remember from that conversation is she said, if you're not solving a problem, you have a hobby, you don't have a business. Yeah. So I think I'm hearing you say the same thing. Absolutely. And every business owner gets into business, whether they know it consciously or not, to solve a problem for right, somebody. Right. They just don't understand that they know that, but they need to share it with everybody else. 
And sometimes it's hard to translate that. I mean, I'm still sometimes, uh, in fact, I just had a conversation with a friend of mine this morning. I'm talking about lead generation uh, magnets and, you know, I'm telling her well, the pros and cons of some of the options that I'm considering. And when she she goes, Mary, it doesn't, and I'm, I'm giving her this justification of why I can't do this in a particular way because, you know, how I feel about things and what my values are. She says, Mary, that's not the purpose of a lead gen magnet. The purpose is... What information is the person taking this quiz or whatever your, your magnet is? What is that information can give to them? And I forget that, right? I'm thinking yeah. about doing yeah. things from my side of the table and I'm not, sometimes I don't quite know how to turn around and look at it from the, the client or the prospect's uh, point of view. Absolutely. And that's, that's a value of working. Like my classes are like group work. Um, so that's a value of working with somebody who can ask you the right questions, lead you down the right path, but also having other entrepreneurs and businesses around you that say, oh, no, 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 this is the value that you bring. And I had people do that with my businesses, too, especially the first one. I, I had all kinds of value statements that they were like, that's not what it is. So, for instance, um, so I reduce property tax assessments so people pay less property taxes, right? So when I was putting that problem I solve statement together, I was saying, I help people pay less in taxes. I, I like to work with people who want to pay less in taxes. And they were like, no, no. Taxes, everyone hates them. Everyone hates them. It cannot be a fluffy statement. It has to be, taxes are painful. People hate taxes. It has to be a strong statement. I was like, no, I don't want that with my business. So what they landed on for me was I take the pain out of property taxes. And I was like, oh, I don't think I want to do that. And they, they were like, just go test it. So I would go out to networking events and I would introduce myself. Somebody would say, what do you do? And I'd say, I take the pain out of property taxes. And I barely could choke it out. Right. I hated that statement. Everyone responded so strongly to that. It was like, oh, I hate taxes. How do you do that? How can you help people? The response that I got from that was amazing. If I had said more of a, I help, which is fine to have an I help statement, but we need to make sure that if it's, we need to hit people with that emotional core yes. with our statement. And sometimes it's not a warm, fluffy statement. Sometimes we just have to lay it right out there. So I had that experience as well with having somebody help me put together my I help statement or the problem that I solve with me kicking and screaming all the way really to the bank, to be perfectly honest, because then I rebranded my whole business around that statement because it so resonates. Yes. Oh, that is a powerful statement. And and I don't even know if you're still doing that business, but honestly, if, if some, okay. So I'm, I'm thinking, you know, if somebody said, I take the pain out of something that we all hate, who, who doesn't feel like magnetically drawn to that? It's, always starts a conversation. It always gets a strong reaction. And then we just go from there. But if I hadn't had somebody from the outside look in a little bit and help me with that, I never would have come to that on my own. And I think that's another really interesting point to just drive home for a minute is that the importance that to build our business and do it well, we really need a team around us. I'm guilty as, as anyone about, well, I'll just do it myself and I'll figure this out for myself because I don't want anyone to know what I don't know, right? <laughs> I'll yeah. just figure yeah. it out. And that is just so slow and it's so much work. And, and um, so I just, again, want to encourage the listener, like if you find yourself trying to do things by yourself, 
give yourself permission to add people to your team um, because things are going to go so much better, so much quicker, with so much more ease. Absolutely. That different perspective can mean everything. Okay. So we're, we're identifying the who we serve and what problem we help them solve. What's another piece then that's important for us to attract these people? Okay, perfect. So what I really teach people to do is how to teach others to go find referrals for them. Oh, And that was a big gap that I found is when people stood up and introduced themselves, myself included, I would stand up and say, hi, I'd like to meet John Doe at the ABC company because I can help him take the pain out of his property taxes, right? Well, that's great. And that's where most people stop. But what I didn't give you was, what would you even say to him? How would you start a conversation? Or I might just say, I want to meet somebody who owns a commercial property so I can help them take the pain out of their property taxes. Well, how would I know that somebody wants the pain taken out of their property taxes? So there was a big missing piece. So what I teach people to do is not only your target market, not only the problem that you solve, but how will I know that somebody could use your service? What will they be saying? What will they be doing? What will be happening? So we'll use the property tax business again. So they'll be saying something like, right now our tax bills just came out in Indiana. People are losing their minds because the values are higher and everything. So they'll be saying, I just got my tax bill and it's too high. Or my expenses are out of sight and I don't know how to get them reduced. Or, boy, I own this building, but it's costing me so much money. So I then I have to teach people. I tell them what I do and the problem I solve. But I have to teach them how to listen for people and what that problem is. So to go out and listen for people talking about expenses, property taxes, writing checks to the treasurer's office. So if you hear someone saying that, then I teach them to ask a question to open the conversation. And the conversation I teach people or the question I ask people to ask is, have you had your property taxes reviewed lately? Okay. So I put it in together. I call it our referral mini training. It's a one sentence statement. I work with commercial property owners to help them take the pain out of their property taxes. If you ever hear anybody talking about they think their property tax bill is too high or they're looking to reduce expenses for their building or maybe they have excessive vacancy, just ask them this question for me. Have you thought about having your property taxes reviewed? Beautiful. Now, what I just did, I gave every person I say that to actually a script to go out. And now what happens is we can't help but think about that. So now it's in our brain. So now as people are listening, because we hear things all the time. We're listening to so many messages, but now I've taught people when they hear certain things or see certain things, then they ask that person a question. So I, that's how you get them to proactively create a referral for you. And it's even pre-qualified because if they say, yes, I have had my property taxes reviewed, then they're not going to introduce them to me. And there's going to be no waste of time on their part or on mine. So the first thing I teach people to do is to put that little mini training together because it's great for me to know who you want to work with. It's great for me to know what problem you solve. And right there, if you know those two things, that puts you heads and shoulders above a lot of entrepreneurs. But if you can take it a step further and you can use that one sentence that says, so for instance, if you hear or see somebody doing this particular thing, just ask them this question for me. Works like a charm. Works like a charm. 
people are out there actually creating referrals for you. Okay. So that's phenomenal. So let's say that I'm having this conversation. Somebody's complaining about property taxes. I ask them that question um, because Mm -hmm. you've taught me how to Mm -hmm. um, lead that conversation. And they say, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to begin. What do I then do next? You say, I know someone who can help you with that. Okay. And so let's say you ask them the question. So they're complaining and you say, well, have you had your property taxes reviewed? And there, there's just a few answers that can come to that. Right. So one is, no, I didn't even know you could do that. Well, I know somebody that can do that for you. I'd love to introduce you to her so that she can take a look at things and maybe she can help you. Okay. And then the second one is, yes, I've had my property taxes reviewed. Well, in that case, it's like, well, I guess you've got what you've got, right? Right, right. And then the third thing is usually they'll say, I had my property taxes reviewed a long time, but I haven't done it recently. So then again, it's like, well, I know someone who can do that for you. Let me introduce you to them and and maybe they'll be able to help you so that things can be better for you. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And my brain is jumping to the art of that introduction. Now, you and I have been in communication now for a few weeks, and I love the way that you make introductions to people. What can, what can you tell us about how, what's the best way to make those kinds of introductions so that you're honoring everyone in the system? I like email introductions that are well done. Okay. Uh, I get I get email introductions where it's Denise meet Mary, Mary meet Denise, and Mary doesn't expect the email introduction and Denise doesn't expect the email introduction. And then they have a tendency to not go anywhere because it's like, why would I spend my time with Mary? Yeah, right. <laughs> so yes. So email introductions work really well, but they work just like if you're giving a referral to someone. Okay. So the first thing that you would do is you're asking that other person permission. I'd like to introduce you to Denise to see if she can help you with your property taxes. That person says yes. So that person's expecting that introduction. Right. Then you go to me and you say, Denise, I met this person who has this problem. I'd like to introduce you to them. Is that a good fit for you? And I say, yes, I'd love the introduction. Then you do the email introduction. Both people are expecting it and have given permission and they go very smoothly at that particular point. Sure. Now that seems like a lot of steps. Is that a lot of steps? No, actually it's not. If you, it's a very, it's a very smooth conversation. So I'm having the conversation with you, well, with somebody else who says, okay, I want, yes, I want to get the pain out of my property taxes. So then all you have to do is just say, okay, is it okay if I have, if I introduce you to Denise? Mm-hmm. Then they just talk to me and then they make the introduction. Okay. It's just like a regular referral works. Yeah. If, it, if you're truly giving someone a referral, then that other person is expecting their call and is given permission for me to call them. So it's just like it's the process of referrals. Referrals are someone is expecting your call. So both people have permission. I like the permission piece. Mm-hmm. I have uh, just been getting into networking uh, over this past first quarter of this year. And I I remember when I was first starting with it, I forgot to, or I didn't even think about 
So let's say I'm talking to you and I know someone that I really think that you need to talk to that let's call them Sally, right? So I know Mm -hmm. Sally, Denise really needs to talk to Sally. So what I would do, of course, I'm talking to you and say, oh my gosh, you really need to talk to Sally. She's amazing, blah, blah, blah. And so then I just send an email to you, Sally, and uh, from me saying, hey, I'd like to meet Denise, I'd like you to meet Sally. And then I'll give you a little blurb about it. But I always felt bad about not talking to Sally first. Now, and what I'm hearing from you is, yeah, you definitely talk to Sally first. Let Sally know that this is coming so that you're not just dropping something hot on on someone else. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. I mean, all referrals are appreciated and welcome. But when you, you're just giving someone a heads up, just as a courtesy, it's like, is this okay if I introduce this person to you? I just did two of those this morning. And, and do they take a little bit extra? Yes. But oh my gosh, think of how powerful that is. Two people have said, yes, let's get together. We think we can work together, solve a problem, help each other. They're very powerful. And you're not spinning your wheels with talking to people that are maybe not warmed up, maybe don't want to talk to you. Definitely not a cold call. Mm -hmm. So yeah, maybe there's an extra step there, but think of the power of that's almost got to be a closed deal, right? right? Right. So by the time somebody gets to you, they're very nearly a closed deal, unless there's, there's something that maybe doesn't fit and they don't all fit. But when you're doing it that way, you're sending people referrals that are pretty much closed. Yeah. Well, and again, going back to you have already taught them how to sort out and qualify your, your referrals for you. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for that little bit. I, that's definitely a part that I know that uh, can help improve my networking and referral processes. How, how do you systematize this? Or is there any more to your system that you're willing to share now? I know you have a whole, yes, there's more. <laughs> there's Wait, there's more. more. Now how much would you pay? <laughs> yeah, there's, that's, that's just the beginning part is where you're teaching people to find those proactive referrals for you. And then it's who do you share that little mini training with, right? So there's um, there's a couple of different places that you share it. One is when you sit down and have coffee with somebody and they say, what do you do? So you give them your one sentence and then you give them two stories about how you solved a problem for someone. And so now they truly understand how to go out and find referrals for you. And then the second phase of what I teach is about relationships. And that is... You were talking about things with the pandemic and everything that is going on. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. You've always got your relationships. And they're so important to nurture and to stay in front of. So I find that people meet people and they're like, well, they know what I do. So if they run across them, they're surely going to send me that referral. So the next thing that I teach people to do is we have a tendency, we have, um, we have networks that are like a mile wide and an inch deep. Mm-hmm. What we want to do is we want to reverse that. We want our networks to be a mile deep and an inch wide. Okay. We don't need to know thousands of people to make all the money that we want to make. Okay. So what I tell people to do is we teach a VCP process, visibility, credibility, profitability. With visibility with a lot of people, credibility with fewer, and profitability with even fewer. So we work on creating a system, and a lot of times it's just a spreadsheet, where you put everybody that you have credibility and profitability with already, and let's deepen those relationships. So I've got a lot of different techniques to reconnect with them, to stay in front of them, 
and share your mini training with them, find out what they're doing and how you can help them. So the first thing we do is like, stop meeting new people. Let's just put a moratorium on that. Wow. Okay. Start working with the people that you already know. So I worked with uh, a, a woman who she was the chief marketing officer for a large corporate brand. And she left and she started her own social media company. And so we were working together one-to-one and we worked on a referral mini training. And I said, okay, now let's make a list of like your top 20 relationships you have. She said, well, who would I put on the list? I said, well, people have already sent you referrals go on there. If you have referral partners, they go on there. But how about the past people that you were coworkers, your bosses, people who worked for you? She came back at me like that with a list of 23 people, which is unusual because usually it takes a minute to grow that list. And she said, oh, my gosh, a lot of these people had moved on to be CMOs of other large companies. She said, I never told them that I have a social media company. They had no idea. So she started setting meetings with all 23 of these people and sharing with them what she was doing and reconnecting and finding out what they were doing. And she was, on average, starting to get six referrals a week. Oh, my gosh. Without meeting anyone new because everybody was so excited And said, oh, my gosh, I didn't know you were doing this. I know somebody who could use that. I could use that. So we forget to stay in front of the people who already know us, like us, and trust us. Because we just assume that they know what we're doing and that they'll help us. But that's not the case at all. So the first thing I do with people is, like, stop meeting new people. Meet no one new. Let's make a list of the people that you already know, that know, like, and trust you. And let's work that list for a little while and see what comes of it. Wow. I love the the permission, I guess, to to stop meeting new people. Um, because I think that that's one of those, it feels like a treadmill sometimes, right? Going out there to the next networking event and, and you know, there, maybe this, I don't think this is just me, So, but I will own this. There's that little chatter. This is, well, if you don't go to this, you're going to miss out on something, that little FOMO thing, right? Um, or... And, and then, so then I do go and then you're right. It's okay. So I've, I've got another name. I've, maybe I've collected some names, but these aren't relationships that are, are really beneficial to either one of us. And think of the work it's going to take you to turn that into a credibility relationship. It's what, it, if, I mean, you already have these right here in your hand. Right. And so, and I will tell you all of this. I learned the hard way. I was on that same kind of treadmill. I would sit at my desk and I'd be like, okay, I need to sit here and finish the work for this client so I can get paid. Ooh, the chamber has a networking event right now. I should be out for lunch, but I need to get paid, but I need to go find new clients, but I need to get paid, but I need to go find new clients. Oh, every day I was on that, that as you called it, the treadmill, that roller coaster of up and down. And I, I was just like, that's enough. I can't, I can't keep doing this. I've got to find a better way. And so, again, just through talking to people and trying different things and, oh, I've made every mistake <laughs> that you could make when it comes to networking and referrals and spent a lot of money and time that did not lead me anywhere. And I finally realized that that what we need to do is we need to stop for a minute and focus on all these fantastic relationships we already have. And just And then once you reconnect with them. Then I have a lot of different ways. I call it my 22 ways to stay in front of your network. 
So then we just make a little way to stay in front of them every single month, just a little thing like comment on one of their business Facebook posts or share it or so staying connected with them and staying in front of them so that you don't have that big reconnect again. And then when you need something, you've made so many deposits in that relationship bank account, they're more than happy to help you. And again, in this crazy world we live in, we need our relationships around us because whether you're doing social media, I mean, the ISO change was happening. Facebook ads don't work anymore. I mean, so many things can change that really what never changes is that core relationship and that network that you have. They will get you through everything. And so it's really important to not get distracted by shiny objects, which I have a tendency sometimes to do too. But really focused on the basics. And the basics have been the basics since the beginning of time. People are always still looking and wanting and needing referrals. So I, I, it's really interesting to me to hear yet another um, entrepreneur talk about or tell stories that reflect that sometimes people within our own inner circle don't even know what we do. Um, and so I'm also, again, I'll speak from my own perspective on that. In, in some cases, there seems to be there an unspoken rule, maybe, about blending uh, family or friends and business. It, do you see that come up? And, and can you help us debunk that rule? Oh, I don't. Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, I would say there is nothing wrong with sharing with your family what you do. What I have found, and others I know have found the same thing, is they are not good referral sources for you. Okay. Because they love you. Yes. And sometimes they don't see you in a business perspective. Sometimes they don't even understand what you do. To the day my dad died, he still sent me people who needed 1040 returns prepared. And I don't do income taxes. Right. He wanted to help me. He loved me. But he didn't grasp 100% what I did. So I would say share with your family what you do, but rarely are family a good resource for you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for they, confirming that. They are that. good for love and support is what they're good for, but they're usually not good referral resources. Now, friends can be business associates, past people you've worked with. All of those can be great resources, but usually with family, I would depend more on them for love and support versus referral. Sure. I, and I appreciate that distinction. Even friends, though. And, you know, I, going back to your story about the social media manager, right? She says, well, all these people have left and she never told them what she did. And I was thinking of a story. I mean, I was coaching real estate agents for a couple of years and one of our best friends decided to get into the business. And I said, well, if you need anything, let me know. And he's like, how are you going to help me? And I said, well, I've been coaching agents for two years. He goes, I didn't know that you did that. Okay, well, I don't know how I didn't express this or I don't know how I'm not talking about it because clearly I wasn't. Um, so is there some sort, again, is, is there a unconscious rule that maybe we're living by when we're with our friends, we're not really talking about business? Is there something that we can shift there so that there is more of those, there are more of those conversations? I think definitely when we're with our friends, we're almost conscious to not talk business because it's we want to relax and enjoy our friends and have a margarita and, you know, that sort of thing. So I think we do make a conscious choice not to talk about business. But I think it's okay if you set aside a time with a friend and just say, hey, 
this is what I'm doing right now. And I just, and make it a business moment versus a margarita moment, basically. And just say, I'd love to learn what you're doing too, right? So I think with our friends, it's okay to just set aside a time where it is just for a business conversation. And then you're back to friends again. So if you, I think separating the two out is because I, I think part of the the wonderfulness of having friends as they do help us relax and get us out of that business hurry mode and that sort of thing. So I think we are hesitant to mix the two together, but I think it's absolutely to talk, uh, okay to talk to a friend to uh, just in a separate pod, if you will, and just say, Hey, I just thought I'd share with you what I'm doing and I'd love to learn what you're doing in your business or, you know, in your job or something like that and make it separate. Okay. I appreciate that uh, recommendation. Because again, I think sometimes one of the things I've really learned along this whole path of entrepreneurship is that when I look, all the resources I need really are around me. And and in this case, there are lots of relationships around me that I haven't really even tapped into yet. Okay, so we're we're connecting with the we're going deeper with with fewer people, and we have a system for staying in front of them on a regular basis. Um, in your twenty two ways, it sounds like these are you know they're not meetings. It doesn't necessarily have to take your time, my time, kind of thing to get together, and yet there must be a time for meetings, or is there? Do you, do you? Yes. See, yes. Yeah. Get intentional yes. about that. Yes, absolutely. So one of the things on the 22 ways is do a Zoom meeting, a coffee meeting, a lunch, a breakfast, but nobody wants to do that with you unless they're becoming a referral partner with you. Yeah. Nobody really has the time to do that once a month. So you've got a list of 20. That's 20 meetings right. you have to have once a month. Right. Not practical. Right. So yes, every quarter, every six months, you still want to have a meeting with them just to get connected. But other than that, you don't need to. But yes, it does include having a meeting once in a while. And it depends upon how you want to set it, whether you want to do it once a quarter, every six months, once a year, just depending upon kind of what that level of relationship is in your business. So yes, you still want to have the meeting, but you but you don't have to have 20 meetings a month. You don't have to do that. So many different ways that you can help people and stay in front of them. Um, people, People's kids sell Girl Scout cookies, buy some. Even if you don't eat them, give them away. I mean, there's so many ways that you can stay in front of people and make those relationship deposits with them mm-hmm. that doesn't involve a meeting. Okay. All right. So we've defined who we serve, what a problem is. We've taught our referral partners how to bring referrals to us. And we've gone deeper uh, with our fewer relationships rather than trying to know everyone on the planet mm-hmm. <laughs> ourselves. Mm-hmm. Is, is there anything else to your system? Yes, there's there's several things. Um, so the next thing that we usually go into with relationships is finding a true referral partner or a true referral source. So a referral partner is somebody who does business with the same people that you want to do business with, but they're not your competitor. And that is just, that is a really brilliant way to bring more business to your business and to their business. Because um, let me just give you an example Let's say, so I've worked with a a real estate agent and we narrowed her target market down, which she, she struggled with to, she wants to work with engaged couples. They're, they're going to be married in the next year. So we thought, well, who else works with engaged couples? Well, the, the people who do flowers and rings. And she's like, I I don't think that can, that can work. Um, But 
it does work. And so that is people who do business with the same people she wants to do business with, but they're not her competitor, right? So here's what we worked on. She started recruiting a florist and a jeweler and uh, a DJ. She had a limo driver. So she started recruiting these people. And I have a whole training on how do you ask a referral partner? How do you, how do you set expectations? How do you give feedback? Because you really have to nurture. That's a big, strong relationship. You really have to take good care of that. Make sure you're putting it in the right spot. So um, what we taught them to do was, and again, this is how you sit at your desk and make money and you don't have to go to the networking events and you lose the guilt. So what we taught her to do is when she's showing one of these young engaged couples a house, she says, how's the wedding planning going? And they'll tell her either it's all done. There's one piece missing. They haven't started. So now she's got this beautiful network over here that she can refer to the floors, to the DJ or where whoever else they need. So she's making money showing the house. She's sending her referral partner referrals. So let's say the florist then is sitting down with the mother of the bride and the bride. They're making their floral order. So she taught the florist to ask the question, where are you going to live when you get married? They're going to tell her, we're going to sell a house. And I'm going to move into his house. We have two houses we're going to sell. We're fine where we are. We've got an apartment. We want a house. They're going to give her the whole story. If they need a realtor, now she refers them to the realtor who specializes in working with young engaged couples who might be a little short on time and money right now. So that's how you create your referral partners. Who does business with the same people that you want to do business with? That's how you make money while you're sending other people referrals. Teaching each other those questions to ask, which is part of the referral mini training. But that is what the next thing we look at is who could be your referral partners? And then the final thing, well, we teach a little networking and tracking and things too. But then the final part in relationships is referral sources. So who could be sending you referrals that don't, they don't care if you send referrals back. Now those are oh. magical. Let me tell you. <laughs> so with, with my property tax business, I, I started a tracking sheet, which is one thing that I teach in the class is how to start a tracking sheet. And I realized I was getting referrals from a lot of CPAs. I was like, well, that's interesting. Well, CPAs do taxes. What I do for my property tax work is it's basically a market valuation of what the property would sell for. It's really not about taxes. It's about valuing a property. Well, CPAs don't know how to do that. But they don't want to tell their clients, I'm sorry, we can't do that for you. So they say, oh, you know what? We don't do that. I'm going to send you over to Denise and she's going to help you with that. Now, I don't, the CPAs don't want a referral back from me. They know the likelihood that I'm going to send them a new client is pretty low. What they want me to do is take really good care of their client so their client remembers that they help them solve the problem, it creates loyalty with them, and they see that CPA as a source. So once I realized that CPAs were good referral sources for me, I went and met as many of them as I could. So I have 13 really strong CPA sources that during this time when their clients call them, oh my gosh, I got this huge tax bill. They're like, we don't do that. Call Denise. All they want is for me to take good care of their clients. So the next thing we do is start to identify who are your referral sources. So it's all about you first have to get your feet underneath you. Mm -hmm. 
And then it's about who do you go out and share that message with? Who do you build relationship with? And I'm telling you, when you do that, you only have to go to those networking events if you want to. That is, that's great. Now I love, I'm really loving networking. So I'm not putting that, you know, saying that you shouldn't, but it, it is nice to know that you have a system that, first of all, it's a system, right? I, mm-hmm. I love systems mm-hmm. because what, to me, what a system means, it's replicatable. Um, and I think, I, and I, I, earlier in this conversation, um, it, let me ask you now though, um, one of the, again, the challenge is lead generating. How do I get enough business consistently with this system? What can we expect if we're implementing it? the way that it's designed, what can we expect in terms of ups and downs um, with our business? It takes working the system, I will say, for about 8 to 12 months. And people quit and give up too soon. So when you're working with me, that's our thing. It's like, okay, let's set the expectation because it's about people and it's about trust and it's about building the relationships and reconnecting. So it takes about 8 to 12 months. But then, so sit and think about what we talked about. You've just taught people that you've even met your referral mini training and how to go find referrals for you, and they'll do it. We have taught our referral partners how to ask questions of all their clients to send us referrals. And we have referral sources now that are saying, oh, no, I don't do that, but I'd like to send you over to this person over here. You get all the business you need through that. Yeah. Yeah. And since it's a system, you can plug and play like, let's say that that realtor says, I don't want to work with engaged couples anymore. Now I want to work with empty nesters. She just takes that target market and works it completely through the system again. Mm -hmm. And so she's able then to build all of these sources around working with the empty nester market. Okay. I got to ask a question because it's popping into my head. Okay. This this idea of, of niching, right? And getting down very specific. These examples you're giving of I work with engaged couples or I work with empty nesters and in that, you know, in the real estate world. The what's going on in my head is that chatter of, oh my gosh, I mean, there'll, there'll never be enough engaged couples for me to who want to buy or sell a house for me to to live off of. I can't possibly narrow down that far. I knew that was the exact question you were going to ask me. Okay. So here's a couple things around that. So first of all, you have your engaged couples. Who do engaged couples hang out with? Other people that are starting off in life, getting engaged, that sort of thing. So it spreads that way. Second of all, just because that's who you're marketing to doesn't mean you still can't work with anybody that you want to work with. So what happens is, Somebody will say, I don't know any an engaged couple, but I do know somebody that their kids just left for college and they're looking to downsize. Could you work with them? And of course, you always say yes. You can work with anybody you want to work with. This is just your marketing focus. So you'll get a lot of engaged couples as you build the system out. The engaged couples will tell other engaged couples that they hang out with, which is how that starts to grow by word of mouth. But then also, they'll, they, I promise you, they will say, well, I don't know anybody who does this, but I do know somebody who needs to sell their house for this, or they're looking to buy their house for this. Mm-hmm. So you say, absolutely, I can help them. So you can still work with anybody you want to work with. I, I really appreciate you clarifying that because um, I think logically that makes sense, but there, there's something uh, about that narrow niche that just gets a little scary 
uh, if we're not reminded that that's just our specialty, um, we can do more. Absolutely. You can. You can do anything you want to do in your business. Yeah. So my specialty, I told you, was commercial buildings in my property tax business. I work with property managers who have rental properties. It's not anything I focus on getting, but it comes to me because they're like, well, I don't know anybody who does this. But so it, it you're right. It's more of an abundance versus a scarcity thinking. And it's really scary. It's that's how I knew you were going to ask that question because I can't tell you how many times I've answered that. I'm question. sure you have. It's really scary, but when you start to to start into it, and that's the reason why I don't say don't stop networking, don't stop doing the things you're doing right away. Just ease into this, and as you start to see how well it works, you're not going to want to do anything else because that's going to be what drives business and the exact business you want to work with. I love this. I, I am so grateful for your willingness to outline this this program for us. And what I'm hearing is here's a way, again, to build that relational referral system for a conscious entrepreneur who's not just out there asking for transactions and it's a numbers game and all of that kind of uh, logic. This is I want to connect with a few people, the right people, and teach them how to what I do and how to, how I can help um, other people and how they can refer them to me. Yes. Thank you for sharing this. So before we go, when, um, when the listener is listening to this saying, this is a system I need, where are they going to find you? A couple different places. You can go to my website. It's wb-learning.com. And also I have a private Facebook group called Roadmap to Unlimited Referrals. And if you come on over to that, I share um, some free referral training almost every single week in there. There's a lot of other business owners that you can connect with over there. And so we have conversations about how to get more referrals. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you again for sharing with us your gift. Um, you're helping us uh, meet our purpose and, and uh, make the world a better place through our businesses. So I'm very grateful for you, Denise. Thank you so much, Mary. I love what you do. Thank I you. love the concept of what you're doing. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. We're not just a podcast. We're a community. So before you go, we invite you to join the Consciouspreneur Mastermind community. We are a powerful movement of high-achieving, impact-focused entrepreneurs who are leading the charge, making the world a better place through business. We offer a comprehensive suite of tools, techniques, support, and direction, all rolled up into a community-driven inspirational launch pad. We will nudge you out of your comfort zone and into your genius zone so that you can lead your business with clarity and focus. If you're looking for a community of like-minded and like-spirited people who support your personal development and business growth, well, you found the right place. Plus, we have a lot of fun. After all, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Remember, we're all in this together. Check out the link in the details in the description below and help our community grow by liking, subscribing, and sharing the content. We look forward to having you join us next week. Until then.